UFC Fight Night 139 Post Fight Thoughts. Dun dun dun! Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. Before we jump into this next episode, as usual, I want to remind you guys you can hit me up on Twitter at FightJunkie.com. Listen to me on Anchor.fm. And of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash FightJunkie2006. So UFC Fight Night 139 just got over, and the big one that we need to talk about was the main event. Wow, wow, wow. Was that not a main event or what? Talk about exciting back and forth action. Non-stop striking, all kinds of spinning shit from Rodriguez. The Korean Zombie did try a few takedowns, nothing much, nothing big. He couldn't get him down, so it was basically a five-round slugfest. Rodriguez did very well, of course. We said going into this, his kicks and his spinning stuff was a serious threat, and he put some heat on the Korean Zombie a lot. Of course, Korean Zombie's super tough. He is a zombie, kept coming forward. He did his own good work, landed a lot of right hands, rocked Rodriguez a few times. It was a really amazing striking contest. I would have preferred, of course, if you're back in the Korean Zombie, you wanted him to get him on the ground. We mentioned that in the, in the uh, pre-fight podcast. And again, if you're listening to this on YouTube, there'll be a link, upper right corner. That goes back to what we said about the fight heading into it. Um, You wanted him to get him down to the ground. I think that's where he held a big advantage striking. We knew it would be risky because Yari is very good on the feet. He's got super amazing kicks and he does a lot of spinning stuff. A lot of unorthodox stuff that you're just not prepared for. And the Korean zombie was not prepared for that elbow at 4 minutes, 59 seconds of round number 5. That shut his lights out. I'm going to be honest with you. Watching it live, real time, I swore that was a headbutt. I even posted on social media. Watching it, I'm like, I swear that was a headbutt. Then you look at the replays. No. Perfectly timed. Up elbow. Right on the chin. The Korean zombie went face down. Spark out. Four minutes. 59 seconds. Of round number five. If that's not bad enough. For all you Korean zombie guys out there. And gals. That bet on Korean zombie. He was up. Going into the fifth round. 39-37 twice. And it was even on one card. 38-38. I personally had him winning most of that fifth round. We had one second left. So I think he would have won that round as well. But it looks like he was on his way. Literally one second away. From the victory. Over Yari Rodriguez. That is just stunning to me. I mean I want to call it a bad bad beat. Because wow it was a great fight. Korean Zombie had just a bit of a lead there. Enough that you guys would have cashed if you're on the Korean Zombie. And out of the blue a last second up elbow. I haven't. I've personally never seen an elbow like that land, and especially knock somebody out like that. I mean, it was intentional as well. It it on the replays when you look at it, it doesn't seem like it's not intentional. Like he actually threw it. I can't imagine that he thought it was gonna put him face down and out cold, but he actually threw it. Uh, Korean zombie kind of go comes up over his shoulder as he ducks down, and he just throws the elbow up. You know, he does crazy stuff like that. That's what I was talking about in the striking game. He does unorthodox, crazy stuff like that, and you don't see it coming. There's no way the Korean Zombie saw that coming. Nobody in the arena saw it coming. 
Hell, even on the commentary, they said it was a headbutt. I thought the same thing because of the way that he was down and then he came up and you see Korean Zombie just face plant. So you're automatically thinking, oh my Lord, he just hit him in the face with his head. But that wasn't the case. Replay, beautifully timed, up elbow. I guess it just wasn't in the stars for the Korean Zombie to win. Tough, gutted for him. I am gutted because it was a great fight. He was one second away from winning. And not only did he lose, he got knocked out cold. I mean, there was, I mean, he was out. If you guys haven't seen it, again, you can check out the scorecards. You can check out the video, everything on my social media, on Twitter, at FightJunkie.com. And you can look at everything and let me know what you guys think about it. But I thought it was amazing. It was stunning. Of course, it's a bad it's a bad result if you were on the Korean Zombie. But, I mean, it is what it is. It was an amazing, stunning, absolutely crazy finish. Um, the other fight I want to talk about really quickly is Donald Cerrone and Perry. We talked about Cerrone's ground game. Yes, we did. Cerrone sub one. Actually, this fight ended fairly quickly. There wasn't a lot even going on in the striking. I was very surprised that Perry stood in that kicking range. We talked about this heading into the fight, that there was no way this guy would be dumb enough to stand at range with Cerrone, and he actually did. Now, he didn't pay any real price for doing that, but I could tell right away, like, why are you standing? He needed to go. He needed to close the distance. And when he did close the distance, they were in that clinch position that we talked about. Cerrone wasn't able to get him down or do anything in that area. But Perry just wasn't pushing the pace like I thought he would. Going into this fight, I thought, oh, he's going to push. He's going to push. He's going to push because you don't want to sit on the outside with Donald Cerrone because he'll kick you apart. But he didn't. And for some reason, he was just kind of hanging around, hanging around. He really wasn't throwing like a lot of punches. He's just kind of ho-humming around. And then, of course, a lot of people don't think highly of Perry as far as like his fight IQ. And I mean, it's going to be hard to argue that after this fight, because what are you doing trying to initiate a wrestling or grappling situation with Cerrone? Like if you get into that situation for whatever reason, uh, however it ends up that way, you would want to get out of there. And you certainly would not want to initiate grappling with Cerrone. That makes no sense. Like everybody and their brother knew going into this that there was no way he can compete with Cerrone on the ground. Forget about just wrestling because it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter if Cerrone had the worst takedown defense in the world and Perry could actually get him down. He doesn't have the submission defense, the jiu-jitsu ability to be able to avoid those submissions, and you saw that. You saw that. He locked up the arm bar, and he turned it over, and Perry tapped, and that was it. So, I mean, that, that was kind of strange to me, like, are you really, is your ego that big? I don't know what they're feeding him over uh, over at um, Jackson's. I mean, what, what are you telling this guy that allows him to think that he can compete with Cerrone on the ground? Did they tell him this? Was he just not listening? You know, like I said, a lot of people don't think highly of Perry as far as what's between the ears. So was this an ego thing to, you know, prove, hey, I can take you down and not get submitted? I don't know what it was, but it, it didn't work. It was totally the wrong game plan. Even a striking I wasn't impressed with. Going into this, I said, you know, he's got to knock Cowboy out. If anybody could win on the cards, it would be Cowboy. If anybody's going to get submitted, it's going to be Perry. He's not going to submit Cowboy. And he's probably not going to win a decision either. 
just not the way the styles matched up. And he just kind of hung around. So I don't know what his game plan was. Was it just I'm just going to land one single punch and that's going to be all she wrote because it kind of looked like he was fighting that way. And Cerrone didn't really have to do a lot to defend his punches. They were so few and far apart. And Cerrone saw them coming that he was able just to keep distance, keep his hands up, kind of circle out. And then Perry was just at range again, standing there looking at him. And like I said, nobody's going to be really able to explain why Perry went into a grappling situation with Cerrone. That's off the wall. I can't imagine his coaches thought that he had any chance doing that. So I'm going to have to chalk it up to him just being in the heat of the moment. or I don't know. I'm going to have to chalk it up to pure stupidity because it really makes no sense. Like we said going in, Cerrone has a lot of submissions. He's very good on the ground. Perry trained with him for a bit over there at Jackson's. They have to know. I mean, there's no way the guy didn't know. They've sparred. He already said that Cerrone controlled him for 10 minutes in their sparring session on the ground. I mean, come on. You've got to know. But for some reason, he did it, and he paid the price, and he got submitted in the first round. So I believe that gives Cerrone the most wins in UFC history, and I think it also gives him the most finishes and UF history as well. So UFC history as well. So, I mean, it was pretty awesome to see him win there in Colorado. Everybody loves the cowboy. He is a warrior, comes to fight. Perry talks a lot of trash. The whole situation with um, uh, Jackson MMA and if you believe Cerrone or whatever the case was personally, I, I have no reason to doubt what Cerrone said, how it went down, what was the environment at the gym and all of that. So I have no doubt that he, in my mind, that he's telling the truth. And you could just see it like in the cage before the fight, like he had this desk there. Normally Cerrone's not like that. You could just, there was a certain vibe about him this time. Like it was personal to him. It, it, there was something extra he was carrying into the octagon. And sometimes that can be bad, but he used it. Like he kept his game plan. He didn't go crazy. He didn't rush out after Perry and just shoot a double leg or come out throwing crazy five punch combinations and get caught. He was still the old Cerrone, but when that opportunity came to crank that arm, and again, there's photos on my social media page if you want to see that, man, he's doing with everything in his soul. He is trying to take that arm completely off of Mike Perry's body. He was trying to take that home. Like, I don't have a belt, but I'm going to take your arm off and carry it back to the ranch. So overall, those two fights were were really something. Again, the Cerrone fight didn't have a lot of action, so I'm not going to say it was something in that regard, but it was something unexpected with the Perry grappling situation. Again, totally off the wall to me. Can't even believe it happened that way. Going into the fight, I said, I want Cerrone in the clinch to trip Perry down because I believe that once he gets him down, he can submit him. And we went over the odds and everything and um, cowboy by submission if your book offered it. And we talked about everything, but never in my capping, never in my mind did I think it would be Perry initiating a grappling exchange with Cerrone or at the, at the very least not trying to get out of there. Right? So like I said, if somehow, even if you end up on top of Cerrone, some way, somehow, we're in a ground situation here. You're going to do everything under your control to get out of there. And that wasn't the case. And you saw what happened. You play around with that and you're going to get burned. And the funny thing is, 
Nobody in their right mind capping this fight would have even suggested that Perry was going to do that. Now, you could say Cerrone's going to sub him. Of course, he has that ability. You could say, oh, Cerrone might get him in the clinch. Yes, he has that ability. You might even say, oh, if they end up on the ground, Perry would probably try to skedaddle out of there as quick. That's what I would have thought for sure. If you would have told me, oh, Perry's going to try to initiate a grappling contest and sit in uh, Donald Cerrone's guard, I would have called you crazy. I would have been like, if he does that, he's getting subbed. So if you believe that, bet the house on Cerrone's sub. But that was that was kind of blindsided for me. I think it was a terrible mistake. Obviously, you can see the result. Perry said uh, that he actually broke his arm. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, we'll have to see in the coming days and weeks if it actually is broken. But that's just what he posted on social media after the fight. He said, good job, cowboy. You broke my arm. So if that was the case, that was an even worse situation to be in because now you're going to be out. Or if, even if it's not broke, if it's you know damaged in some way seriously, then you're going to have to get that treated, maybe surgery or rehab, and then you're going to be out while, it, you know, while your arm heals. So, I mean, it was just a very, very stupid mistake. So, overall, Fight Night 139 kind of drug on a little bit. Those two fights were the main things that we were talking about heading into the card, um, heading into, into the fight card. Those were the ones that we looked at that we thought were potential betting opportunities and maybe you could make some money. Again, the, the Korean zombie thing, I mean, that's so such a fluke, guys. There's nobody in the world that was going to be able to predict a 4 minute 59 second of the last round. Flat out, up, elbow, knockout, cold, Korean zombie. I mean, there's just no way to predict that. And if you, like I said, if you had Korean zombie, I feel for you, man, because you were one second away. On the flip side, if you were on uh, Rodriguez, man, I mean, I can't really say it was luck. I mean, the situation just played out that way. He had to throw it. You know, that's the thing with a lot of people, you know, lucky punch or lucky, but it has to be thrown. So is it really lucky? I guess that's up for a different podcast, a different debate. But yeah, I mean, it was it was snatching victory from the jaws of defeat simply because we know the scorecards. So had that one second elapsed and even if he had knocked uh, the Korean zombie down, but doesn't finish him, he still probably loses a fight. So, I mean, that just had to all come together. Like I said, the stars just align perfectly for Rodriguez there because even an elbow that knocks him down or whatever, if he's still conscious, there's not enough time to finish him. It's literally, literally 459. There's not enough time. So it just had to play perfectly the right situation. He ducks down. Korean zombie comes over to the top. The up elbow actually lands. It lands with such force that the Korean zombie goes face first out and the ref waves it over as the bell's ringing or again, a second before the bell's ringing. Truly remarkable. Let me know what you thought about UFC Fight Night 139. That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will suck it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.